1: Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 27.
2: 27. We're approaching another big number. Yeah, I know. We're so
1: excited about numbers I every love. week. No, numbers are good. Numbers are good. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. Can't complain. Yay. How are you? Um, I'm in agony. Yes. It's fine. Our Patreon subscribers will know, uh, as I spoke at length,
2: at length, at great length, length.
1: on our last uh, Patreon episode that I did my back in, it's a bit better. It's a bit better. I got lots of messages of support and people recommending drugs (laughs) to take and things to do. But it's getting a bit better. But if I do suddenly just go "Ah, ah," during this, it's um, because my lower back is on fire.
2: But otherwise, well, fine. Well, that that was that was a brief explanation, which you appreciate because oh, I do nothing but bore you with
1: this <laughs> for, for days. Before we do anything on our lovely show, we must thank our new Patreon subscribers.
2: You crazy people!
1: Lovely people. We would like to thank Exercising Depression Podcast, another podcast following us. That's Check it. them out, guys.
2: And Andrea Roman, thank you very much for yes, yeah, sticking with us, and we hope you enjoy.
1: We hope you enjoy all the extra content. You're all very, very sexy and very delightful.
2: And the detailed explanation of Sinead's back, if you listen to the last Patreon episode.
1: It, I mean, thrilling. It was thrilling. Excellent. They also got an extra story this week about how to uh, <laughs> defend yourself against poisons.
2: But not against back pain. <laughs> not against back That's pain. Next that week's was episode. it.
1: That was the thing that struck me down. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, any poisonings this week, Nick? Uh, n-
2: No, no, no. Not that I've come across. No. Um, but I haven't left my office much this week, so. There could be death in abundance that I just haven't noticed.
1: Oh, well, no poisonings, just minor back trauma.
2: Just minor back trauma.
1: Slight delirium (laughs) and drinking. (laughs) Wonderful. Well. (laughs) What
2: more do you want for a week? So, Nick. Yes.
1: Are you ready to drink cocktails and talk about poison? I should think so. Or.
2: Always with the choice. Have you not learnt by now?
1: We could drink poison and talk about cocktails. No,
2: no, I'm still. I'm so boring. You got to go with the first I one. Need, I need to. I need to branch out. I realize this. But I mean, for to, all you know, you today. have been drinking poison well, and talking about I cocktails.
1: <laughs> so, Tiny I'm, doses slipped into your well, tea.
2: I enjoy living in blissful ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's me fine.
1: And at your funeral, no one will know. Everyone, I, I will think, be I there. think there
2: a few people will know.
1: Oh no, 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 no! Not not after the eulogy that I will give. Poor Nick, he so loved to water ski. Anyway. <laughs> I well. do, I love to water ski. Lies. Well, it is my story this week. It is. Hooray, rejoice for all. Ring <laughs> girls. Rejoicing, much
2: rejoicing. <laughs> yeah.
1: But of course, we can't, we can't, we can't, possibly tell a tale without a cocktail in hand. God, no. So we have our secret ingredient, which we announced this week. which Yes, did. Which flavours the cocktail and is inspired by the tale that we shall tell. And this week's secret ingredient is Bacon. Bacon. Bacon, it's See, an ingredient. It is an ingredient.
2: When you first text me that, I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> but then after Googling, I was like, oh, there's a couple of interesting things there, out there. There
1: are many bacon-based yeah. treats out there. Yeah. I think bacon is completely legitimate. Who doesn't have bacon? Well,
2: everyone loves bacon.
1: Everyone. Even the vegans. If, They're lying.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I must admit, I've never had it in liquid form. <laughs> so- <laughs>
1: Well, you've never blended you know, a never, full English. I've
2: never blended
1: a bacon or done anything distilled a bacon. No, no, no. It, w- it was very breakfast themed. Actually, another alternative would have been sausage. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's just cruel.
2: Yes, I think bacon would is out of the two would have been the best choice. There you go. Well, so,
1: um, a bacon based treat. I love saying bacon.
2: Bacon based, bacon based beverage. Bacon based beverage.
1: <laughs> and also, you can say uh, what is that thing? If you say beer can, it sounds like you are saying bacon sandwich in uh, in Jamaican. If you say beer can sandwich
2: beer can sandwich
1: does sound like you're saying beer can sandwich that's that's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) in a very derivative way oh yes oh how very droll (laughs) like the grumpy uncle in a mansion (laughs) come uncle we have new jokes for you get out of my side children oh really a joke that will not help you towards your inheritance
2: <laughs> pretty much
1: with bacon what did you come up with Nick
2: well there were a few, well, I say there were a few options um
1: Generally they generally are. One was very lazy. I saw actually. One was just a smoked martini with bacon. In it. Yeah.
2: So there was a few things. It's like, oh, it's a bacon martini. You make a martini and put some bacon in it. So it's like, <laughs> Meh. and there was an old fashioned as well, which is just like, oh, I'd make an old fashioned with some bacon. Not and imaginative. Not imaginative. But there was a one that I did see. Not that I made because I didn't have time.
1: Mm. I really wanted to
2: try this doing a fat washed whiskey.
1: I've heard of this.
2: So I've all I've never done it, and I wanted to try. it. I've wanted to try it for a long time, but it takes some time to do. Explain it. So basically, it's normally done, I think, with butter. But I think this, this particular one did it with bacon fat. So basically, you sort of mix molten fat, butter or <laughs> bacon fat, with your alcohol. Okay. And then leave it overnight somewhere. And it separates. So obviously, you get then the, the, the flat then yeah, raises like you and solidifies. And then, yeah. yeah. yeah so we just, I think you chill it because it does it too do quickly. So you mm-hmm. just like leave it on your kitchen counter sort of thing. <laughs> and then as the, the fat solidifies... Yeah, it yeah, obviously raises up, but it leaves some of the essence apparently within the beverage, and you just remove the fat, and you have a fat-washed
1: Amazing. spirit. So it's like a bit like a bacon-infused vodka. Well, or... I think with
2: the yeah with the bacon one, I think they do it with. I think the one I saw was with whiskey, whiskey and bourbon with um with butter, which apparently doesn't really impart much flavour, but it, the feel.
1: Mouthfeel makes
2: it much more silky and smooth.
1: That's fab. Let's do but, it. Um,
2: but it's, it takes a few days to sort of mm. work through, so you have to plan
1: cocktail video for Nick so, showing yeah, the so. various stages of um, fat fat wash. Does not sound appetising. He did
2: no. He doesn't have the best terminology. I must admit, that's
1: good. But um, so we're not having that. <laughs> we're not having that. We're not.
2: But we're having one that's very similar. Okay. Um, we're having one very similar called the Gypsy Pig.
1: Pig, tipsy pig The tipsy pig Very good for this episode as well Which you, And you will well, find I out why I so <laughs> I love it Oh, a drunk pig
2: Yeah well indeed Which we may be after afterwards
1: It's going to be intriguing Okay well before we go through All the ingredients And the horror of us drinking This uh, <laughs> Bacon-y goodness um, I think it's time for us To mix up one of these bad boys So we are going to go To the poisonous cabinet kitchen And shake up a storm See you in a minute See you in a bit And we're back. Hello. Well, we have our <laughs> Dipsy Pig. We have Nick.
2: a drink.
1: Um, I don't I'm know. terrified and
2: scared and nervous and <laughs> excited all at the same time.
1: It sounds so good, but it looks. I mean, you've made it look very pretty, but it, we have just shoved a whole bit of bacon in there. Okay. <laughs> well, let's talk it through. Talk it through. Talk, talk us through it. Well, we, we actually I mean we actually have something that's very
2: similar to what I was describing earlier—the fat wash thing—but we've actually got a bacon syrup. Yes. In this one, which is or be- bacon
1: cooked bacon cooked
2: bacon mixed with sugar and water and simmered in a little pan till all boily and the fat's melted and then strained out into making a bacony, sugary syrup. I had it with this one. You Indeed, Sinead did.
1: So I made the bacon. So I I, grilled, I got streaky bacon, streaky smoked bacon. Um, I actually drizzled a little maple syrup on that. I did do a splash of bourbon in the pan because I didn't want to put oil in it, obviously. Obviously, the bacon has fat in itself, just to loosen it. And then, yeah, a cup of brown sugar, a cup of water, <laughs> boiled it, and then took out I mean, the bacon it's, for garnish. Um,
2: it certainly has... I mean, it it certainly smells bacony. It's, it has got a pungent aroma. <laughs> (laughs) Not going to lie.
1: I love bacon.
2: Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. It's one of my favourite things in the world.
1: And I like a snack with my drink. (laughs) But talk us through the rest of it, then. So then
2: we also have have bourbon. Yay. We have uh, a sweet vermouth, so a red vermouth as well. Oh nice. Um, And then some bitters all shaken up over an awful lot of ice so it's very 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 cold um and then yeah then garnished with a nice bit of big bit of bacon (laughs) and a a maraschino
1: cherry candied bacon on a on a big rock on the rocks and the candied bacon maybe it should have been crispier but i did this is the candied bacon that went into the thing i'm I'm really scared i'm I'm so (laughs) terrified i don't know i don't know okay let's 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 dive in let's dive in and then we'll have a snack okay drinks first okay
2: I mean, it actually, it's not unpleasant. No, it's fine. Um, the the bacon is much more in the smell than the flavour.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's um, Oh, that's all right. It's very for,
2: strong. It's strong because it's just bourbon. Yeah, well, it's just bourbon and vermouth. Uh, mm. yeah, and, and sugar. You could, yeah, you can really it's taste... It's nice and the, sweet. You can taste the, the sugar and the sweetness. Well,
1: it's got a salty hint to it. Now, that salty. could be the bitters more than anything. Well, maybe it is. Second sip. That's perfectly pleasant. And there is actually, there's a hint of...
2: Something Baconiness. savoury, bacon-y savouriness in there. But I think that might be something more the smell than the flavour.
1: Yeah, they're right, this quantity. Because if we did drink it and it was a big hit of bacon, we'd be crying. Yeah, yeah. No, we'd be I going, think... no, it's too much. of a legend. I mean,
2: it is surprisingly nice. It is certainly not unpleasant. I'll, I'll happily drink this one. Mm. Would I make another one?
1: I wouldn't make it with a bit... Ba- I'm eating the bacon oh, right Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> going to the bacon as
2: well. I don't know if I would make another one.
1: See, I love a snack with a drink. Mm. Actually, having a bit of bacon on the side. And this is candied bacon. It's nice and sweet. Smoky. Yeah, actually, great, great, fantastic, and there's a cherry with it as well. Yeah, that bacon syrup. I was expecting more from it. it smells really pungent. Mm. It's sweet, but it's just a hint. But then again, you know th- that's the whole point you of will, cocktails, you won't want it isn't over. it?
2: Exactly. You would not want to overpower. Curious, curiously intriguing. I mean, so this truly is a challenge for our dear, lovely followers to make one of these
1: i don't think it's as home. much of a challenge as we have posed them before making this kind of thing, bourbon sweet vermouth most them the habit make up the bacon syrup because if you don't have it in your cocktail have it on your pancakes oh this is yeah it's mean, true
2: I mean, it is just bacon and brown sugar and drizzle water. it on some vanilla so, ice cream which you're probably going to have at home anyway so no it just takes a bit of effort all good things should well quite let us know what you think
1: well, people have already commented. I think some someone has already said, I'd rather drink poison and talk about cultures <laughs> than, than see a bacon thing. But that I think could it, be a
2: vegetarian. It could be. It could be. <laughs> and
1: they know nothing. But then again, some people in America, again, are lovely American listeners. You know, there's bacon in everything. And American bacon no. is uh, is a lot crispier than the English bacon. Cricket. That's because most of the
2: English bacon you buy at the supermarket is full of water. That's true. American buy bacon, it does, bacon. It always
1: is American bacon's just better. I like American bacon. It, I mean, it turns into that kind of bacon dust Sort of thing when you eat it and it just kind of evaporates. Ah, oh, bacony goodness! Well, we have we have again. a pig in hand. We have a pig in hand. <laughs> <laughs> you're taking a pig for a walk down the road. A tipsy pig. He needs guidance. Don't we all? We have our tipsy pigs in hand. Nick, are you ready for a story? Oh, uh, I think we probably should. So this week, Nick, we are we are back in America. Now we're making a thing out of that. Yeah. Apparently,
2: <laughs> now you're making a thing out of that. Now I said I, it once.
1: We are back in America in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And we are going to tell the tale of the true female bluebeard. Oh, nice. The horrifying, gruesome story of Brynhild Sturschet, otherwise known as Belle Gunnis. Nice. <laughs> nice. <that's>
2: nice. Nice. <laughs>
1: Do you know this person? I know
2: the name, as we always say, it's one of the ones that's come up on my ones to investigate for the for the show. But I'm, I am not familiar with the tale.
1: This is one that I am surprised that I hadn't come across earlier. Because when you get into it, this story is phenomenal. <laughs> there are gems in this story, Excellent. and also fair warning: things are going to get dark, awesome. dark not nasty and upsetting <laughs> though some of it is upsetting you know fair warning but here we go so uh her name is belle Gunnis. now that's very close to guinness so if i say guinness at any point i don't she's irish yeah it. she uh, well. you know, it's in my blood i'm just <laughs> 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 so belle Sorsen uh guinness was born as i said uh brunhild storset on the 11th of november 1859 in norway so we've dabbled over to Europe well, but then we've, we've gone left back to we've America. Left
2: them, left Europe well, we start
1: left in Norway. Again. Beautiful Norway. And then go to the New World. We do the fjords to the New World. <laughs> Her parents were Paul a stonemason and Beret. And she was the youngest of eight children. Family lived on a farm. Fairly impoverished Mm. childhood. Uh, Not a lot is known about her childhood in Norway. It's not a wealthy family. But there is one story from her childhood that persists that could be myth, but it is very well known about her. And a lot of people say that it casts light on what would be her future behavior.
0: Mm.
2: A bit. (laughs) A bit. Maybe bit. not.
1: I don't think this justifies. If you look at it with a really
2: squinty eyes, then maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's not very pleasant. But allegedly in 1877, age 18, Belle attended a country dance while she was pregnant. Is that wise? Well, Why
2: leaping around in a country dance.
1: Well, the worst thing she had to worry about. While she was there, <laughs> she was attacked. Oh, that's less fun. By a man who kicked her in the abdomen. Ooh, Bastard. And that resulted in a miscarriage. Now, this is an allegation. There's nothing to support this. But people who knew her said that her personality changed markedly after this incident. As you can imagine. Oh, yeah,
2: not entirely surprising. Yeah, I could see that happening.
1: What is even worse is that the man who did this, he came from a rich family and he was never prosecuted. Quite my rich family. Yeah, They've never. never
2: done anything wrong, rich people.
1: <laughs> no, rich people never. No, never. They've got such prospects, one mistake should be, goddammit, <laughs> rich people, the greatest poison <laughs> of them all. <laughs> he wasn't prosecuted. Luckily, he did die shortly afterwards. Yeah, don't say luckily. Well, luckily, he, he died. Luckily, he died. Well, if he kicked a pregnant woman in the stomach, then quite frankly, he can die.
2: Fair enough. <laughs> don't on, care you know how rich he is.
1: Really. <laughs> His cause of death was said to be stomach cancer. That's all it's known. Let's move on. So Belle began working in service at a large, wealthy farm for about three years. Her dream was to save enough money to move to America. An older sibling of hers had done the same thing. She wanted to go to America and start a new life for herself. And it was in 1881 that she made the journey and began working as a servant for several years. But at this stage, Belle is an adult. And it's important to note that Belle is an imposing, striking figure. Six feet tall, she is. She a Viking yes she was wearing the helmet with the the horns with a big axe she had the plaits She had a lot. <laughs> the beard right down to her navel, and then her pubic hair continued as a beard.
2: She was a stunner.
1: Six foot tall, known to be immensely strong, had a hefty hourglass figure, silken blonde hair, uh, accompanied by a full Nordic smile of white teeth mm. and a pair of flashing blue eyes. Reportedly, she had a 48-inch bust, 54-inch hips, but she'd cinch her waist to 37 inches. how did she not topple over? <laughs> Um, and she was <laughs> fond of ruffled silks and diamond well, who earrings. Isn't? She turned heads. <laughs> I can well
2: imagine. I might try that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was beauty. Well, people said she was striking.
2: Uh, yeah, striking. Yes, I can imagine that. A-
1: every photo I've seen of her suggests otherwise. Aww. If you Google Google Bell B E L L G U N N E S S, have a Google, and just the first images that come up. I'm
2: googling. Oh, yeah, striking is, is one word for it. <laughs> Yeah, or she? Yes, she's an imposing figure.
1: Imposing, I think, is the word we will stick with here. So there, you can imagine Belle, six foot four, not six foot four, just six foot, just the six foot, striding across America. Six
2: foot four is, is even more terrifying. <laughs>
1: just looking down meant hello over her breasts. Um, I've got
2: some sort of like Mrs. Trunchbull sort of figure in my head going on. I do
1: too. Why do we have that? Well, because she did sit like in the in the in, in, in the, the
2: p- film. She's got a big a big belt around in, her in the waist. Book, yeah, she
1: she cinches that in yeah. and creates a bosom and hips, but it's not sexy. <laughs> Well, either way, in 1884, um, Belle marries Mads Anton Sorensen in Chicago. He, I think, is uh, Norwegian by birth as well. Throughout her life, um, she maintains links with Norwegian community who have emigrated over to America. It's a very, very big community in different areas. So, you know, they, they, they sort of stay in contact. But they marry in Chicago. Chicago. They open a small store together. A sweet shop, if you will. Well, it was. <laughs> sweet shop, if you will. Well, it was oh, an a infectious store. So, I don't know what they sold. Let's just go, sweet shop. <laughs> sweet shop. They sold gunpowder. The American Tree. How adorable. But the business didn't do too well. Within a year, it was gone. Gone because it had mysteriously burnt down. That'll do it. Yep, yeah, that was the most successful thing to happen to the store because they got a massive insurance payout as a result of that. Funny thing, fire seems to follow Belle everywhere. Her previous three homes had burnt down mysteriously. Shocking. During their marriage, Belle and Mads had... Four children. The reports on this are a little hazy. They fostered children from the local neighbourhood as well. And Belle and Mads were seen as a very happy couple and she was very kind to to people and to the children. Some say all the kids were adopted, others say that she had two natural children of her own. But anyway, um, two of her natural children, Myrtle and Lucy, were recorded in the Chicago census in 1900, as was one adopted daughter, Jenny. Two other children were listed as deceased. They were named Caroline and Axel and they died in infancy of acute colitis. not uncommon. No, indeed. Infant death, not uncommon. Colitis, symptoms, not so not dissimilar to poisoning. Just putting it out there. Just (laughs) putting it out there. Also, any evidence of that whatsoever? Well, the children had life insurance policies on them. Oh God, that's never a good sign. And if this podcast has taught us nothing, (laughs) it's not a good sign. But there's a quote here that Chicago neighbours recalled Belle as good wife to Mads. A doting mother who rarely raised her voice except here and there to scold her children with a simple, and this is written phonetically, and I'm going to try and do the accent. Oh, excellent. I, I'm going to go Swedish instead of Norwegian. I'm so sorry. I don't know. Yeah, you yeah, it's the Brussels sprouts, or there is no tapioca pudding for the dessert. <laughs> 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 that went really Jamaican <laughs> at the end. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was all over the bloody place. I don't know. <laughs> And you
2: take the piss out of my accent. <laughs> I man. know,
1: I can't do Scandinavian, I can only go Sweden, <laughs> that's it. But yeah, it just, it, this, this this account, this quite reputable account, just has this written out, like, oh my god, raw salt sprouts, there's no tapioca pudding. I don't, can't say that without saying Jamaican, I swear to God, back to the beer sandwiches. Either way, tragedy struck in 1900 when Mads, her husband, died suddenly.
2: did he not eat his brussels sprouts
1: I don't think he ate his brussels sprouts well the Sorensen family had been treating him for an enlarged heart now if you you eat your vegetables you won't have an enlarged heart and they concluded the death had been heart failure an autopsy not necessary who needs those
2: sorts of things we
1: don't need that And, uh, you know, Belle herself told the doctors that she'd been giving her husband medicinal powders to help feel better.
2: Medicinal powders.
1: Well, it's probably worth noting that the first doctor on the scene, who had not seen Mads before, but saw the corpse, suspected he was suffering from massive
2: strychnine poisoning. (laughs) See, Strickland is not something that's hard to miss when you're sort of bent in two.
1: There are ideas that these reports came out later. Yes. Later, later, later. One doctor, definitely more than one doctor saw Mads. And later, it was said... He suspected strychnine. Yeah. Is it a little bit of, in hindsight? I say,
2: all along I suspected. why did you say anything? Well, <laughs> she was big and scary.
1: She so. was big and scary. <laughs> Looming over him, sad. she was powders for your coffee. <laughs> well, even more curious though, Mads died on the very day, the only day in which two life insurance policies on him overlapped, meaning uh, a double payout.
2: Double coming.
1: His family, aside from Bell, reportedly hollered, this is murder. She's plotted to kill him for the insurance money. They demanded an inquest. They demanded an investigation. Unfortunately, there's no record of an inquest ever taking place. The day after the funeral, yeah. Bell claimed the insurance money. The companies awarded her $8,500. About a quarter of a million yeah, today's money. With which she moved to the outskirts of Laporte In Indiana. It may be said Laporte. Sorry if it's wrong. Where she bought a hog farm with pigs! (laughs) Bacon! (laughs) Pigs and, and bacon and pigs. As far as the eye can see. As bacon. And a tipsy pig. See? See how it all fit in? It's yeah. yes. Don't worry, it's not incidental. This does go somewhere, trust me. Not that there were some pigs next door. <laughs> not just that she saw, she, said, she saw a pig. She saw a pig once. She saw a pig. And that went, I fucking I will kill everyone.
2: <laughs> End of the story.
1: Pig's the greatest poison of the world In this town there was a strong Norwegian community, so she felt she would fit in there. It was actually Mad's idea to move there ages before. The hog farm she bought um, was also said to have been a former a brothel and its madam had died of old age why would you have a brothel and a hog farm I don't
2: know there's not two things that I would generally put together really
1: I don't know if she was going to set up the hog farm but it was just a brothel on the edge of town in the countryside and there's this old decrepit madam in there going until her last days
2: that's a that's a weird combination <laughs> of things
1: maybe there's a little bit of hyperbole but yeah. you know it was reportedly a very pretty place it had a forest uh, behind it an orchard a swamp everyone needs a swamp Everyone
2: needs swamps. prostitutes uh, frolicking in the field. just rolling
1: in the swamp <laughs> it's a personal kink Blood wrestling, swamp wrestling, it's a whole thing. The neighbors are reportedly delighted that Belle has moved in to breathe new life into the place because they didn't really like having a brothel on their doorstep. Or pigs instead. A description from a book on the case, (laughs) the way she dressed it up. Simple ruffled curtains of white. She likes her ruffles, doesn't she? She does like her ruffles. Mm. They're put up to brighten the tall tree darkened windows. Oh, look who's getting fancy with the languages (laughs) now. (laughs) It's going somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A handsome front fence was put up by a young hardware clerk. And he did puzzle, though, why she had decided to put up a link fence that penned the hogs in at the back of the house but the fence was six feet high and topped with barbed wire. Yeah,
2: have you not seen those jumping pigs? <laughs> no. That was
1: the third babe. And film. they see the
2: pigs, they fly. They fly, they flying fly. Flying
1: pigs. Oh, they've heard of the flying pigs out yeah. there. they? pigs might fly. They might one day. We are waiting for judgment day. Around this time, Belle, after she's done all the renovations and, and penned in all her the, flying all pigs. All the ruffling. She's ruffled everything in the pigs neighborhood. Got nice ruffles
2: going on. <laughs> The barbed wire is lovely (laughs) ruffles.
1: Just now imagining pigs on their back legs with ruffles going, we don't like this. No, four legs good, two legs bad.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today.
1: <laughs> but around this time, she becomes reacquainted with a recent widower, Norwegian-born Peter Gunnis. He is from Norway. Oh, wonderful. Connections, connections. Tall, good-looking farmer. Mm, he's got infant children from his first marriage. Uh, they hit it off. Yay! And they were married on the 1st of April. April Fool's Day. Uh, in 1902. Perhaps a portent for Perhaps. one week. After the wedding, Peter's infant daughter dies of mysterious circumstances she while alone in pick. the house with Belle. Oh. No, the baby died. Nick <laughs> wasn't eaten by a frilly pig yet. You don't know these things. Well, maybe the pigs got in. Pigs will eat anything. So, yeah. What exactly? So well, the baby's dead. I hope you're happy with that. Eating the finger of
2: people. It was the pigs all along.
1: Aside from this tragedy, the farm prospered. Belle and Paul were regulars in town, selling their cattle for meat and trading manure for well, tools. Well, they're cattle now as well. Well, yeah, they've got, they've got cattle and pigs. I think there's a cow somewhere. They keep trading the same one. <laughs> I like the fact that they trade manure for tools. That's a shit deal, quite literally. We have manure. Can we have your shiny tractor? No. Oh come on! Well, they need the pool. Maybe fertilizer and all that pig sort of fertilizer. stuff. Pig fertilizer. Pig fertilizer is um, potent. For... Exactly. Let's yeah. move on from the fertilizer shall page. We, we move on? <laughs> but before the year was out, Bell would be widowed again. One night, daughter Jenny heard a clatter downstairs and rushed from her upstairs room to find her stepfather Peter writhing in agony Wrestling on the floor. No, with a massive head trauma. Oh. And Bell was standing over him, weeping. She'd hit him with a pig. <laughs> no, she hadn't. According to Bell, part of a sausage grinding machine had fallen from a high shelf and hit him exactly on the head, Absolutely. causing a fatal injury. That, that, that's that's
2: yeah. The only possible explanation for that one
1: sausage grinding. Well, so in a way, she was. He was hit by a pig. Oh, well, yes, very true. There was probably some pig meat left in there from <laughs> the sausages.
2: Revenge of the spirit pigs who <laughs> had been turned into sausages. Just
1: hurling shit across there. Oh Poltergeist my Poltergeist pigs. Poltergeist <laughs> pigs. That is a theory we will come back to later. Poltergeist pigs. Poltergeist pigs. Paul <laughs> though, widowed again, but luckily his death had brought in around three thousand dollars of insurance money now this whole business doesn't go unnoticed by the locals it was said at the funeral I love this during the preaching Belle sat moaning with her fingers before her eyes another townsman commented that she could be seen peeking alertly through the (laughs) cracks in her fingers to make sure the effect that she gave had had taken effect brilliant (laughs) that made people certain of her guilt (laughs) are they looking are they looking are they looking (laughs) people felt that Paul would never be so clumsy and officials looked into his death like clumsy to if it, something, something falls like on fell. your head that's not clumsy it's yeah. not going and standing under control, Duh, come
2: on yeah. it's also if like he's carrying it around holding it above his head and he just drops just it. throwing it in the <laughs> air to show his strength
1: look what I can do okay. now the officials look into his death and the district coroner unequivocally announces that he had been murdered mm-hmm. he convenes the coroner's jury to look into the matter Jenny Olson, then 14 is overheard confessing to a classmate my mama killed my papa She hit him on the head with a meat cleaver and he died.
2: Don't tell a soul. That was very dramatic.
1: Well, Jenny was very dramatic. We have a young girl's confession. We have the coroner's report. But this swell of suspicion ultimately came to nothing. Jenny denied having made the remark when she she was put in front of the jury. And Belle somehow convinced the coroner that she was innocent. We don't know how. Maybe the buxom figure... (laughs)
2: That, but that might have done it.
1: She cinched it to the full 24 yep. inches of her waist and was just there and he could see nothing but breasts and was blinded by her innocence, clearly. That army of Poltergeist pigs. <laughs> she was petting them. Go, <laughs> oh, my putties, kill, kill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sending
2: her Poltergeist minions to the town. <laughs>
1: Well, she was free. Free to roam with her pigs. She actually, at the time she was pregnant, had a baby boy, um, Paul's child, a few weeks later. She continues to run the farm for the next few years. So Belle needed men to work on the farm now that her husband was dead. Most of the men that who came to work on the farm weren't really suitable as suitors. There was one strapping 19-year-old who came round and offered to help out on the farm, which Belle was very happy about. Until she discovered that it wasn't her he was interested in, but young Jenny. a oh, Beautiful teenage daughter. It was around this time in 1906 that Belle tells neighbours that Jenny had gone away to finishing school for young ladies. <laughs> Jenny's never seen again. Oh. But then came Ray Lamphere. 30 years young. A carpenter. Bit of a drinker. And he was only too happy to find work on the farm, and he took a room there as well. He was, he was reportedly not too bright, but he was talented with a hammer. on my tombstone (laughs) and it wasn't long before Belle and Ray were seen about the town together frequenting the bars and uh, gin mills as they were called back then Ray was very proud of this he was showing off to his drinking buddies he was always a very slight man and Belle was a very large woman (laughs) he kept saying that Belle had chosen him because he was such a fine man she knew a good man when she saw him and she'd been lavishing him with gifts he would show off his gifts which included things like a watch a vest, which I think is like a waistcoat, waistcoat, isn't it? A beaver hat.
2: New set of hammers.
1: And uh, high top leather boots.
2: Nice. I'm thinking
1: thigh high. He was probably strutting around in those.
2: <laughs> and perhaps it was thigh high string vest. <laughs> yes.
1: uh, beaver hat. He found that she found them in the back of it's, the brothel. <laughs> it's going to be a good look. She's, she's been so fine, but. Belle was never one to be satisfied okay. her affections for Ray soon began to wane she was seen soon walking about the town with another man who apparently appeared out of nowhere and Ray was particularly surprised and angry he felt sidelined these men didn't seem to be helping out on the farm as Belle had promised the harvest was due in. there was a lot of work to do on the farm but none of these men were helping out it was just Ray out there
2: I'm sure they were helping
1: they were helping in many ways <laughs> sexy ways sexy ways well it may have something to do with with the advert that Bell had placed in the personal and matrimonial columns of the Chicago daily newspapers and the newspapers of other large midwestern cities, which read as follows: mm-hmm. Comely Widow, who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts of Laporte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman." Equally well provided. With a view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Triflers need not apply. (laughs) That should be written on your tombstone. (laughs) She continually placed ads in the personal columns essentially offering herself as a mail-order bride. That's it. She's saying, want to meet someone? I've got money. I've got a farm. Come along. Come meet me. And she got a flurry of responses. People responded to her and she would write to them. One such example, John Moe, love that name, Moe, 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 Mo, who arrived from Elbow Lake, Minnesota with more than $1,000 in his pocket uh, that he was going to help pay off her mortgage, or so um, he told neighbours. Bella introduced him to everyone as her cousin. He disappeared from the farm within a week.
2: With a thousand dollars? Probably not.
1: <laughs> you also have um Ol um Ole Budsberg, I hope I'm saying that right. An elderly widower from Wisconsin, appeared next. He was last seen at the El Porte Savings Bank where he had mortgaged his Wisconsin land, signing the deed and obtaining several thousand dollars over in cash over to Bell.
2: Ooh, that was a silly thing to do. He's never seen again.
1: Interesting story from George Anderson from Missouri. So he goes to meet Bell. He goes to the farm. During dinner with Anderson, she raised the issue of her mortgage. Anderson agreed that he would pay this off... If they decided to wed. Late that night, Anderson awoke to see her standing over him, holding a guttering candle in her hand with a strange, sinister expression (laughs) on her face. That'll do it. (laughs) Without uttering a word, she ran from the room. Anderson fled from the house yeah. the next morning See, taking a train to Missouri. I, I
2: imagine this not being sort of like a, a dainty, ethereal running <laughs> from the room sort of thing. She's six In foot four, well, exactly. about 200 yeah, pounds. It's precisely. It's not going to be like a great stomping <laughs> sort of...
1: And not only... Well, imagine not she's early. running with the knees up. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the curtains on fire as she goes.
1: She's le- imagine her bloody six foot of her leaning over you. <laughs> I just wanted to watch you sleep. <laughs> Anderson is the only man who will go to that house and leave it alive. He legged it. (laughs) He legged it, rightly so. More men came, but none left. Again, (laughs) Belle, around this time, had also been ordering huge trunks to be delivered to her home. And one of the workmen who delivered these said, again, that she would lift these enormous trunks like boxes of marshmallows. (laughs) Show them (laughs) on her shoulder! Tossing them on, carrying them into the house. (laughs) And more often than not, the the shutters of the house, of the farmhouse, were closed day and night. And the farmers, travelling past the dwelling at night, would see Belle out, digging in the hog pen. January 1908. A letter in Belle's handwriting was found in the family farm of Andrew Helgelin in South Dakota. Helgelin is described as a big Swede. Andrew is a happy chappy, beloved by all. And it appears that he and Belle have been writing to each other frequently. Now, this is the transcript of the letter. So bear with me because it's an emotional roller coaster. My dearest friend in the world, no woman in the world is happier than I. I know that you are now to come to me and be my own. I can tell from your letters that you are the man I want. It does not take one long to tell when to like a person. And you I like better than anyone in the world I know. I think how we will enjoy each other's company. <laughs> You the sweetest man in the world. We will be all alone with each other. Can you conceive of anything nicer? I think of you constantly when I hear your name mentioned, or I hear myself humming it with the words of an old love song. It is beautiful music to my ears. My heart beats in wild rapture for you, my Andrew. I love you. Come prepared to stay for ever.
2: <laughs> right, now again with a Swedish accent, please. <laughs> Oh, Norwegian, 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 Norwegian accent.
1: accent, sorry. I you spend in a whole world. So you losing it some, it some of its drama. Well, I was going to do an American accent, but she didn't have an American accent. I was like, my Andrew can't to stay forever. I'm so sorry to any Norwegian people. Norwegian's quite lyrical and lovely. I can't do it. I'm literally, the, this chef from the Muppets is in my head. beauty, flip, 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 flip,
2: Well, we have now no Scandinavian listeners whatsoever. Literally <laughs>
1: If someone wants to transcribe that and then read it out in a Norwegian accent, please do. I'm sure it will be beautiful and very sexy. <laughs> Any other accent, French, German, whatever. German, very sexy, obviously. <laughs> Love the Germans as well. God, we're really digging ourselves into a hole No, here, you're
2: right? digging yourself into, you're digging yourself into a hole here. <laughs> you leave me out
1: of this. <laughs> anyway. This was a pattern of Belle. She would write love letters to these men after advertising herself as a bride and then start asking for money, little bit into it, just, just to help pay the bills, just to help with the mortgage. And she was totally going to marry them. In one letter she wrote, Don't send any cash through the bank. Banks cannot be trusted nowadays. Change all the cash that you have into paper bills, largest denomination that you can get, and sew them real good and fast into the inside of your underwear. <laughs> Be careful and sew it real good. Real good? Real good! <laughs> she's, she's adopting the local parlance she in Norwegian. She really is. should read the rest of this in that kind of accent. But real good, be sure to tell anybody anything. Not even your nearest relative. Let this only well, be a secret. tell their
2: relatives? Yeah, I've got $100 <laughs> bills in my pants.
1: To be honest, if I'd sewed money into my pants, I'd tell everyone. i got, I got 10 grand in here, in my pants. <laughs>
2: No. Okay, you're all right. You can keep it, love. <laughs> there
1: we go. That's why I'm so bulgy. I'm so rich. She says, "Let this only be a secret between us two and no one else. Probably we will have many other secrets. Do you not think?" I mean she's she's playing the part. Oh gotcha. And and to the gullible man it's sort of it's seductive isn't it? It's just like she's tempting him. Well, oh I'm I'm tempted. You're literally you're sewing money into your pants right now. <laughs> you're just sort of like threading pound coins in there. Again, if you imagine if you're British and you have to do that. It's a lot of change. A,
2: that's a lot of weight going on in your. There's a lot
1: of change angling around. <laughs> Sweaty. Well, Andrew did indeed go to her farm with a a cheque. It says for $2,900. He just wrote a cheque.
2: And she's gone, no, be gone.
1: (laughs) A few days after his arrival and after the cheque had been deposited, Andrew vanishes. Mm. Uh, Belle wept to her neighbours. When am I ever going to learn? What do I do wrong that these men take such advantage of me?
2: (laughs) You kill them, dear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, all of this going on was of much annoyance to Ray, Lamphy. Remember him? That's the right. the farmhand. So he's,
2: he's still got a room in the house.
1: He's still the farmhand. He's doing all the work on the farm. He's tending to the pigs. He's tending to the cattle that they apparently have. Bringing in the harvest. The apple harvest. The pig harvest. <laughs> he's harvesting the manure and selling it. <laughs> dragging shit around for her. But he's working on the farm. And he's also in love with Belle. Mm. He's he's a bit of a simpleton. He was convinced that they were going to wed. And he's a loyal servant, very loyal, it would later transpire how loyal oh, he God. was. Get out, get out, right, but her run. parades of suitors angered him. He began to act out and shout at the bars that he visited, on the farm, in public. Lamphib made thinly disguised threats. He confided to another farmer in the town, Helgelin won't bother me no more. We fixed him for keeps.
2: <laughs> Why would you say such a thing? Is probably asking for trouble.
1: And eventually, Belle fires him. No, I'm kidding. Him. No, she fires him. Just get off the phone. Don't want you around here no more. She hires a new farmhand, uh, Joe Maxton, uh, so, who sh- she miraculously did not shag. <laughs> he lived in the house, was quite happy to work on the farm, played the fiddle in his room. Quietly nice. would just sit there playing the violin. <laughs> it's a bit weird. And she would later appeal to the local courts, claiming that Lamphere had made numerous threats on her. And she feared for her safety. She even tried to get a sanity hearing against him, clearing him insane. he passed this. But she persisted that he was a menace to her and the rest of society. He was even seen by other independent witnesses peering at the house from behind trees. Yeah, well,
2: that's not a good look. Not a
1: good look. And when approached, he would run off. Just run.
2: You're not helping your case there with that one, really, are you?
1: But Ray is persisting to bother Belle and she's not happy about it she is uncomfortable with this and she's making quite a fuss about it at the same time Andrew Helgelin's brother I believe his name is was also causing problem he rightly had questions as to where his brother was he Mm -hmm. knew that he had gone to this area and he knew he was due to see Belle why had he not returned and Belle passes it off oh he never arrived I'm pretty sure he he went back to Norway and brother says no he w- he wouldn't do that yeah. that's that's mental <laughs> no 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 he's he's gone to nowhere like, no, he doesn't no he's in the area i need to find him and bell was saying well i mean if you want to come down here and start a manhunt you, you can but it is very expensive business you know i mean i could help you if you pay me to do a man hunt <laughs> wi- wisely does not pursue yep, wise, this route. Wise, wise. but again she t- every penny she's trying to go in out of this The walls are starting to close in on Belle. She continued to insist that Ray Lamphere had threatened her. And she only said this to her lawyer, not to the police. That man, she told him, is out to get me. And I fear one of these nights he will burn my house to the ground. Mm -hmm. In her will that she writes with the lawyer, again, not going to the police, she leaves all her property to her children or in the event of their deaths to the Norwegian orphan's home. It's interesting, the lawyer points out at this point that that's not the real name of the orphan's home. You've just made that up. Like, I need to check this to make sure it's a real name. And she just goes, no, I don't have to. Just, just just, sign it. Just sign it. It's fine. It's fine. He's like, no, I can just get the real name. No, 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 no It's fine. He signs it immediately. goes, okay. And then she disappears off. In the early hours of one morning, Joe Maxton, the hired hand on the farm, awoke to the smell of burning. He opens his bedroom door and he is confronted with a wall flames. The house is ablaze. He screams out for Belle and for the children. Mm. Calls for them. Are you okay? Can you hear me? No response. Eventually, he hurls himself out of a bedroom window in his night clothes. He alerts the fire authorities. He runs. He tries to get people there, but the house is gutted by the time the authorities arrive. And inside, four bodies are found. Belle's three remaining children in their beds. Myrtle, 11 years old, Lucy, nine, and Philip, five.
2: Well, that's quite upsetting.
1: The fourth body, a woman's body, has no head.
2: Yeah, she's fucked off. She's legged it.
1: (laughs) Well, you can imagine, the finger of blame must be pointed at Lanphie! Ray. he had been threatening her she had told the lawyer he was the cause of all this horror and the town echoed the concerns he was always a wrong one we know he was angry at her he shouted about it in the streets he is the one get him kill him
2: string him up so he cut her head off and burned her house to the ground with her children inside
1: that is what people alleged at the time that he was so angry that he killed her cut off her head bashed her head in or did something
2: or just got it in a box at the, home
1: set, maybe <laughs> set the place on fire Lamphere himself though when he's approached by the authorities before anyone says a word about what has happened he says to them did widow gunness and the kids get out all right
2: I was saying oh, I was saying knew there was a fire
1: now ray would go on after that statement to claim he had nothing to do with this he had nothing to do with this he was nowhere mm. near the property at the time i, I don't, don't don't even know where it is who are you la yes. la la, la. Um, unfortunately, they had a witness, a young man, a youth. I think it was described a youth. I don't even know if that's a boy or a man, somewhere between, between the two. He's struggling the two. <laughs> I love this transcript because it's an example of a solid burn. Uh, this young man, John, had been watching the Guinness Place. He was there for some reason and he saw Lamphere running down the road as the house erupted in flames. And Lamphere snorted to the boy as he told this. He said, Pff, you wouldn't look me in the eye and say that. And the boy said, yes, I will. You found me hiding behind the bushes and you said that you'd kill me if I didn't get out of there. No, no, no. You totally did this and I saw you and you said you'd kill me if I told anyone, but I'm telling someone now. Mm. By all rights, Lamphere should have killed him then because he did warn him.
2: It's only fair. <laughs> it's
1: only fair. <laughs> Lamphere is arrested and charged with murder and arson. Two charges. But then, of course, the authorities begin sifting through the wreckage for evidence and clues as to what has happened. Up to the farm they went to explore the grounds and the house and questions have begun to circulate around the town too ray was a wrong what about bell herself she was always rich she always had money on this hog farm that did okay many a male suitor who had come to call on her had disappeared and she always had an endless supply of men's coats and hats that she <laughs> would wear while plowing that's true it was then that Asel, the brother of Andrew, the guy who disappeared, came forward and said that he was concerned that his brother had been killed. And the hired hand on the farm, Joe Maxton, who had escaped the fire, tells the authorities that he at one point had been instructed to bring mounds and mounds of dirt to the high-wired area around where the hogs were. Mm-hmm. In this area, multiple deep depressions in the ground were found that Bell claimed had been used to bury rubbish. But yeah. when they began digging, the horror story From the ground, they pull the remains of Jenny, her daughter, Andrew Helgelin, Ollie Budsberg, Joe Moe, and the remains or possessions of numerous other men who had come to the farm with money in the hope of finding a loving wife. Men's watches, men's coats, buttons, men's billfolds emptied, bones, limbs, are all pulled out of the ground. A lot of the remains couldn't be identified, but it's thought that about 12 bodies were found.
2: That's a bit frightening.
1: Twelve bodies were found. The roll call of victims is far greater than this number. It is suspected. It's thought those that weren't buried were hacked up and fed to the hogs. Oh,
2: yes. I probably the pigs probably did away with a few of them.
1: The bell has suddenly gone from sweet, kind, gentle bell who only wanted to find love to the female bluebeard. Satan incarnate. But she was dead. No, she's not. Surely. Well, Ray has been arrested and tried for murder and arson. All of the defences fell apart. I won't go into the whole story about what happened at the trial. Essentially, what happens is that he is tried and convicted of arson. Arson. Because they can't identify the woman's body in the building. He was sentenced to 20 years in the state prison in Michigan. A year later, he died of tuberculosis on the 30th of December, 1909. And it's shortly after his death that a reverend, Reverend Shell comes forward and says that Lamphere had confessed to him during his final days about what happened at the farm. He said that when a victim of Bell's arrived, all these men with money and flowers waiting to see their wife, their new wife, to meet their new bride. She was all sweetness and light and kind and caring, cooked them a sumptuous meal. Then she would either drug their coffee and while the man was in a stupor, split his head open with a meat chopper. Or she would wait till he was asleep, poison him with chloroform, or drug him and then smother him. Other times, if she didn't have a lot of time on her hands, poison them with strychnine. The bodies then would be carried by Belle herself to the basement <laughs> and dismembered. Tricks she'd learned from her second husband, Paul, a butcher. Sometimes she would dump the corpses in ho- hog scalding vats. And the vats that they use to whatever Yuck. to treat the meats would render, render, render the fat, yeah. render the fat, and then cover the remains with quicklime. Or if she was tired from all the killing, she would just chop up the bodies and just feed them to the hogs in the middle of the night. Oh, well, girl, it gets tiring after a, a while. Pigs will eat these, all that chopping. And the body in the house, it wasn't Bell's, no. he said. F- Neighbours, friends, and everyone were called in during the time to identify that corpse. And they all swore it wasn't Bell's. For one thing, the body was too small for a famously tall woman. Around about 5 foot 3, some people said. Yeah, or up <laughs> to 5 foot 8, even accounting the head loss, as it were. <laughs> yeah, which
2: is very, very short, but it's not a head.
1: Also, she couldn't have been more than 150 pounds. The weight didn't match out. And when they examined the internal organs of the dead woman, they were found to contain lethal doses of strychnine. Um... That head was never found. It was his word that Belle had faked to death. She had hired a woman from Chicago to come and be the housekeeper at the farm, lured her in, and then bashed her head in. Her head had then been cut off to avoid identification, and Belle had taken it and weighed it down in the swamp.
2: Oh, the swamp. What about the the swamp?
1: The swamp filled with the poltergeist pigs. (laughs) That's where the head was. People dragged the swamp. They could never find it. Mm -hmm. Lamphere set fire to the house with Belle's help but not before Belle had gone in and drugged and smothered all three of her children
2: yeah that's vicious mm. that's
1: not good all the bodies were dragged to the basement so it just looked like it was some sort of mass killing yeah and then she'd agreed to meet Lamphere by the road she said to him darling I shall meet you I shall run from the house we'll meet at this point Lamphere stood there waited that's where he was mm-hmm. identified Belle did a runner she did a runner she ran away
2: strange they left the, the farmhand, chappy just to, like I said, took the, took the time to kill the children.
1: Well, that's a question, really. Mm. There was talk that he was supposed to die in the fire.
2: Yeah. Accidental oh, sure death.
1: Yes. Accidental yeah. death. Whatever reason, he he was alive. He, he wasn't murdered. So it was his opinion and others' opinion that she'd murdered as many as 42 men. Really? yeah. And that she had amassed a fortune of around a quarter of a million dollars <laughs> at that time.
2: That's quite a bit of money.
1: Millions. She kept the ha- cash in the house, but she'd also withdrawn from all of her savings accounts just before the fire. Yeah. Many said that Ray had killed Belle and the children in a fit of rage. That's why he left Joe. He had no reason to go for them. Others believe that Belle had committed all those crimes and roamed America afterwards for many years. There were numerous sightings of I'm Belle. Sure were. <laughs> many, many reports. People claiming that she lived an opulent life in later years. Well, with all that cash she's got stacked away in her pants. Millions. Equivalent mm. about six million dollars yeah. these days. We're yeah, quite comfortably on that. And the identity of the body in the farm fire was never confirmed. There were tests as late as 2007 Wow. With the cooperation of some of Belle's descendants to try and test the body that was interred with her second husband, the body that was found Mm. in the fire was buried with her husband and her children, but they proved inconclusive. Wasn't (laughs) enough. So perhaps Belle remained on the run and maybe still still remains (laughs) today, awaiting her next doomed love. Driving
2: across America.
1: (laughs) <laughs> with our armies of poltergeist pigs with the armies
2: of poltergeist pigs <laughs> and
1: that is the story
2: that's a good story it's a terrifying story a a I like that story it's a good story isn't it well, that's a good story though I think it would have been better with a Swedish accent throughout Norwegian Norwegian do
1: accent. a Norwegian accent do a bloody Norwegian accent right now
2: no I don't I don't claim to be an actor don't you no,
1: <laughs> no. couple of gins in <laughs> and you were like a- I think I should be the narrator in Under Milkwood <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a Norwegian accent. It's too beautiful. I can't. The beauty, the beauty that's, is That's, the same that's a very good excuse. Not I could do it as a Belfast accent, but it won't sound as beautiful. <laughs> it, won't be
2: quite as, it won't be quite the same.
1: Maybe <laughs> it an Italian accent or a Russian accent or something like that. I don't, why am I doing this? I'm not your puppet. Fuck <laughs> Dance, you. monkey. <laughs> so there you go. Belle, the female bluebird. That's good. What do we think?
2: Well, actually, yeah, she's de- she, that definitely wasn't her. She definitely she ran it.
1: I, the whole way through researching that story and there's pictures that i will share as well of of the farm all i was playing in my head was tom waits's there's a murder in the red Barn," <laughs> yeah. which i will yeah share on social media is a great song well i like a story again this is there's a lot of strychnine poisoning in this and there's poison but this is also bashing people's heads in with an yeah, axe yeah there's
2: yeah you can't fault her for variety
1: i know uh-huh. and i sometimes i like that in it's a like story.
2: Change it up a bit every it now is, and it's again. It's nice every now, like now and then. Poison t- gets, gets boring I sometimes. Know. Poison strychnine, arsenic, 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 <laughs> arsenic, strickening, axe. That's what we want. <laughs> Why don't we want an axe that's coated in arsenic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't want people sitting there just uh, staring their tear going, we shall wait for the poison. Just like a meh. <laughs> running at you, running at you, waving an axe. But yeah, it. it's, it's again, maybe is it it's such folklore now that her story is now in folklore Mm. you know butcher bell there's loads of songs that have been written about her as well i haven't listened to all of them but people know of her and they just you know they tell the tale of her just murdering people at the farm and feeding them to the pigs it seems pretty cut and dried oh yeah
2: i think i think she did it (laughs) Yep. so don't think you can avoid that
1: i don't know there's a little bit of me that thinks did ray burn the house down did he did he kill her i think
2: he probably did that if he did it then there would have to be an inclusion to get that timing right. For her to purchase scalper, and for the kids to be hmm. dealt with.
1: And it wouldn't make sense that you couldn't identify her body. Yeah. it so wouldn't the, be that smart.
2: No. Well, yes. And there's definitely, uh, I need to escape. and need to get out of here. Type but then, thing, you know, so.
1: then for the her to...
2: For her to kill her kids.
1: Her to kill her kids. Well, you know, she killed the kids before. She well, killed this, Jenny. This true. She killed Jenny. And she may have killed her other babies. You know, there were lots of inferences again with a new husband, mm. infant daughter comes in, baby dies, her first couple of kids dies, insurance, Jenny started asking questions, yeah. maybe. Well, you know yeah. there was some there was some discrepancy between whether Jenny or Myrtle had said the words Mama killed daddy with a meat cleaver. So yeah, maybe asking too many questions and mm. she had to and also was being flirted with by the sexy nineteen year old. I oh, can't be having that. But then what you, you made a good point. Why why did Joe survive? Why did the farmhand? Why not kill yeah, so one
2: kill. Yeah, just if you're really looking to just clean the just clean the slate and just get rid of anything. Why? Why he survived? Honestly, it was just considered just completely unimportant. Yeah. In the whole.
1: And she was just thinking that oh, there needs to be someone who's actually died of fire. In this rather than well, yes, clearly dying yes, of a smothering.
2: The assumption that he wouldn't survive.
1: Yeah, let like the kids. Well, the kids probably knew a lot, so. had seen things. There were some reports as yes. well that the kids had helped dig graves or or, or were out They'd digging. They had
2: been around a lot longer, hadn't they, than if he was relatively. The farmhand chap, he was yeah, in newish. They, they had been mm. out digging
1: stuff in the hog patch, yeah. putting the bodies in, not a question. And also, I
2: mean, they're, if she is planning to leg it, they're obviously a huge burden to have to either take them with yeah, but her you just
1: you just hope someone would just go Well, just pretend i'm dead and let them live at least but image mean, she's killed all these men
2: yeah but I yeah
1: the, <laughs> dozens of men dozens of men who all answer this this is why never answer a lonely heart's <laughs> ad she's standing there with a meat clip she'll stand over you at night with a candle <laughs> yes,
2: that's a terrifying thought <laughs> that one <laughs> <laughs> But I think. did like that line at the of the Epson or like no, no time
1: wasters. Triflers need not yeah, apply. So, yes, yeah, so no, modern equivalent
2: of uh, no no time wasters. No time wasters. I'm a busy woman. It's like a bloody grinder ad or something.
1: So. Like, no time wasters. I'm sure I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, there we go. There is the story of Bell. Goodness. crazy lady
2: killed <laughs> no, no, people
1: on the farm what do you think what do you think of Butcher Bell the female bluebird do you know any folklore tales about her favourite song about her do you want to write one <laughs> Go for it. There's a lot out there. Oh, there's sure there quite is. a lot. I googled it's, it's it a... and it was like, oh, oh, there's a lot.
2: It's an impressive tale, so I'm sure there are many.
1: Absolutely. And what do you think about putting bacon in a oh, drink? I was going to say,
2: what do what you? What are your thoughts on bacon cocktails?
1: In the space it's... of us recording this, and I've seen all the the messages on social media. There's a lot of yes for bacon. <laughs> People literally losing their shit. Bacon in a Bloody Mary. They want. Well, that could, yeah, that yeah. Really. Oh, I can see how it would work. The sort of savoury... So savoury with the bloody... I can see, I can see that. But bloody Mary is savoury. Well, exactly.
2: So I'm thinking the savoury of the bacon will go with the tomato and the spiciness and things. So I can see that working.
1: It does sound like we're discussing a really in-depth breakfast. The bacon with the tomato spices. <laughs> I suppose it could. I don't know. But yeah, people are just going, yes, bacon in a cocktail. Bacon, bacon. People have lost their minds and just typing bacon.
2: So um, try it. Let us know. I want to yes. see pictures of bacon-based cocktails
1: bacon base cocktails or just have some bacon on the side of your normal cocktail. Make whatever <laughs> just, cocktail just, just, you just want. like a
2: pint with some bacon.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's great. Make whatever
2: with some bacon.
1: Whatever cocktail you want. Big pile of bacon. Big pile of
2: bacon next to it.
1: Big pile of bacon. I
2: I want a big pile of bacon. I want a
1: big pile of bacon. Yeah, bacon sandwich. Not a sandwich. Can't have a sandwich with it. You just want a pile of bacon. Big pile of bacon. Yeah, in the photos. Yeah, afterwards, do what you want with it. Exactly. Yes, abuse it as you will. Sounds weird. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening, guys. Come and talk to us as ever on the social media. The social. Find us on Patreon. Come and find loads more episodes of all of this madness
2: ramblings
1: special shout out we need to do this week is for ben Wright, um an amazing DIYer on instagram who uh did a story in the sun newspaper uk newspaper one of the biggest newspapers in the country all about his renovation project that he's been doing in lockdown which looks fucking stunning by the way i want those tiles but in it he mentions his favorite podcast and he says that kept him sane and he mentioned the poison cabinet hurrah
2: thank, thank you very cabinet. much
1: Yay! that's publicity you can't buy
2: exactly
1: (laughs) we so 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 appreciate that it's amazing you know that and we're really glad that we've we've brightened people's day while they're sanding
2: (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) um check out we will put a link to ben's uh instagram in this story i've shared it already this week but go check out his work because he's really good and give the love give the love and if you've got merch Want to see those photos? Yes, indeed. Make sure when it arrives, we know the shipping time to take a little while. Get those photos of you just with stickers on your nipples.
2: <laughs> I need to buy some stickers. for
1: <laughs> my nipples. Not, not for that. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, on that note. Yes, on that note. <laughs> we have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.